We'll do it live! Fuck it! Live from Del Boca Vista Studios in Natick, Massachusetts. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. Three of Boston's best self-medicated sports analysts. Sir, have you been drinking? Yes, I have. I've had five or six small batch bourbons. Bring you... Try to help you young guys in this profession you've chosen that's one or two steps above prostitution. Off the wagon. Stick it to the mic. Bitch. Now, say my name. Ellie's double picking his mouth right now. <laughs> You're goddamn right. It feels like it's been like three weeks since the last time we did it. You show. okay over there? Yeah, sorry. I, you I almost just my... threw your iPod. I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to be back. I knew the song was coming to an end, so I got really excited. Sorry we're a little late this week. Pelly's all mad at me because I went to SmackDown and I got my Bootio shirt made yeah. with 100% positivity and I got my sheet mask <laughs> on Tuesday night. It was pretty awesome. How much How much did you spend on both of those The together? sheet mask was 10 bucks, which was a great deal in my opinion. Considering you can get the same mask down the street at like Party City for Yeah, three. but that's got an official WWE merchandise sticker, Carl. Oh my god. And then the Bootio shirt was $30 and I had to fight a little kid over it, but <laughs> but I'm bigger, so <laughs> I win just like wrestling. Grow up, grow up kid. Jeez. You dick. It was a great time though. I saw Brock Lesnar at 5 somebody. Um, real quick, while, while we're here, shout out to NIA. I've been listening to you guys a lot lately. Um, WrestleMania is going to suck. I agree. Um, I hope they figure <laughs> out something next week on Raw. There's my shameless NIA plug. Nice. Fantastic. This is Off the Wagon Sports Radio, not N-I-A-C-C-T, <laughs> whatever the fuck that show is. Um, off the Wagon Sports Radio. You can get us on Twitter, at OTP, That's o- not, OTW that. Sports Radio. God damn it, I can't get you those right. It's constant, too. Um, no, at OTW Sports Radio on Twitter. We, uh, we, had, we had a big milestone reach this, this past week. 1,000 Twitter followers. Ha, gay! <laughs> Soak it in. Soak it in, boys. We finally and, did it. And just, I believe the 1,000 has a very cute butt. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, t- <laughs> technically. We ended up giving the 1,000th to, um, I think it was at Pat's Chris Hogan. He doesn't sound like he's got a cute butt, quick. though. Well, Chris Hogan's got a great butt, but <laughs> speaking of which, give me one second. Uh, but yeah, I believe it was at Pat's. Come on, man. Come on. Learn how to use the iPod. Pat. And he was getting all mad at me at o- on OTP earlier, but I couldn't work. No, my I'm thing. sorry. It is at faux Chris Hogan. F-A-U-X. Chris Hogan. Faux Chris Hogan. Yep. So it is a parody account, thank God. <laughs> we want a real person listening to us. Um, but he was our thousandth follower, or credited as our thousandth follower. Well, we so. should reach out to him on Twitter and say, hey, look, you're our thousandth follower. We didn't, make the, we didn't make the plan that... Uh, we would take you out on a night on the town with the off the wagon crew that you probably have to bail us out of jail on, but um, we will we will honor that if he would like to. Come. Already done. We've already tweeted him, and uh, we said we would buy him whatever his drink of choice was. Perfect, fantastic. And Maybe even ten of them. And that's what three months past your your date, right? Or no, one month. We one started month. in February, yeah. right? This oh yeah, that's February. right. Yeah. Well, we were talking before the show with fifty. Episode 50 is next week. Um, so within 50 episodes, that's averaging 20 followers a week. So 
I think we're that good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but thank you to all the listeners. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Thank you all. Uh, I know we've been sporadic in terms of how we work with Twitter. But if you don't tweet us, it's tough to really start a conversation. I can only throw so many opinions out there before I just get tired of doing it. Um, Facebook page, if you want to follow us there. We actually had a pretty good influx there as well. Closing in on 200. Closing yep. in on 200. Facebook. This Facebook. computer's a fucked. Facebook.com slash OTW Sports Radio. Pretty much the same as Twitter. You just backslash your Facebook and type in OTW Sports Radio. You'll get us there. Uh, like Pelly said, we're doing more. We're trying to get more content on there. But it's also where you can see what, you know, you can get live updates of when we go live and when our episodes go and are posted as well. Yep. Good place. Good place to be able to pick up the episodes, especially if you can't listen live. Great place to go to just be able to pick up that uh, iTunes or you can go to the iTunes store, grab it in your podcast app. Yep. And just uh, download it and have it sync to your to your iPhone or iPad. I, iPhone, iPad, and all the devices you have on your cloud. If you Google us through, or Google, but if you go into iTunes, just uh, search Off the Wagon Sports Radio and we will come up. Uh-huh. What other guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but today we got a solid bracket challenge. Bracket challenge that, well, unfortunately we're winning it. Guys, group, yeah, I know. Didn't give anyone a chance, uh, but having a very good bracket. This is why show. we get paid the big bucks to exactly. be here and talk about sports. If you listen to us; you'd be in the top 99th percentile of the entire country. It's true, cock suckers. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go through the bracket, talk a little bit about some of the first weekend that was. Obviously, the game's going on right now. Sweet 16 matchups. We got a lot invested in there, hoping. We can get a few more wins. I'm not allowed to see the TV because I usually go nuts. So Pelly will have the live updates as we go yes. along. Yes, if I can remember to do it. Uh, I want to segue that into the Celtics. Talk a little bit more basketball. So basketball heavy to start the show. After that, JP finally scored a Red Sox game. So yep. we can go into that a little bit. Talk about I some of the things that you Baseball heavy now. All right, perfect. Baseball heavy. He's getting ready. So we'll have that for about a week and a half. And then that'll be the end of that. <laughs> well, that's when they're going to start losing and then we're not going to care anymore. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> when they really count, that's when they, that's when they start losing. Um, after that, we'll talk a little bit about the Patriots offseason, the uh, NFL draft coming up fairly soon. Um, We've got an idea on the show on how we're going to pick our... <laughs> JP's got an idea, which is always scary. Uh, and then last but least, we do have a man off the wagon this week, maybe a little bit sentimental in terms of whom it was. We'll get to it when we get to it. Okay. Don't give me, don't give me that look. Oh, I didn't know we had a man off the wagon, so this is news to me. I should read your text messages more often. Your pre-show... Uh, Ideas, prepping. Yes. yeah, the, pr- the, the prep. prep. Oh, that's what it's called, the prep. the prep. I'm not good at the prep part. I'm good at the get drunk and yell part. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't we all know this guy? If we if we did do a off the wagon like Hall of Fame, yeah, this guy would. He might be the captain of the team. Yeah, captain of the team. Yeah. So not Johnny Manziel. No, no. Uh, Manziel's up there too, though. No, captain but this of the team. This guy, he went out with a bang. Let's okay, just say that. Okay. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so we will get into the bracket. Kurt Cobain, too soon? Right now. <laughs> no, it's been like 30 years. It's not too soon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's hop right into the brackets. Obviously, again, we said it last week, but we'll say it again. Big thanks to Alex Johnson for coming on to the show yes. last week. Uh, gave us some great insight. That was awesome. Some of it correct, some of it not so correct. Uh, called that Cal upset, yes, or the did. upset of Hawaii of Cal. Um, so he gave us some of that. But I wanted to run down some of the, obviously, the teams and matchups that are currently in play. And then uh, just kind of talk about the, the weekend that was. Some of the stuff that obviously happened, some of the big things. Um, I guess to start, let's talk about who's still alive. Um, Sounds good. Starting off in the, I believe it's the Midwest. 
Midwest is top left. Top left. Kansas versus Maryland, one versus five. Obviously, the, you had the upset early on of Cal, or I'm sorry, Hawaii beat Cal in the first round. A little bit of an upset there, 13 over four. Ended up not being the biggest upset of the weekend, but um, 13 over four. In terms of the path that we've seen Maryland have to get here, though, two not all that convincing wins. I mean, they, they took care of business against South Dakota State, five-point win, and then they beat Hawaii, which really, it was a 13-point game, but it was a lot closer than you'd give it credit for how are you feeling about maryland coming into the sweet 16 here against kansas i'm i'm kicking myself this week really and i'm not necessarily saying that they're going to win the whole thing um but they're showing a fortitude particularly at, what was it north dakota state yeah um in that first round yep. a fortitude that they haven't shown all year um and i said it last week and i'm not saying that i'm no genius over here because i no one State winning ever it. said that because no, yeah. I had Michigan State win the whole thing. But that was a very talent-wise, probably the best starting five in the tournament left. They're not as deep once you get through that. They're not as deep once you get through that. Don't get me wrong. But talent-wise, it comes down to whether they can play with cohesion, whether they can play as a team. And maybe I shouldn't say I'm so bold to predict them beating Kansas, but that's a game that they could very well win. And I... I I'm kicking myself now because I had a hunch about it, and last week I didn't pull the trigger and have them going any deeper. And we'll find out this week whether I was right or wrong. But they Tomorrow. they would be a very they're a very scary team for me right now oh, if I'm tonight. a Kansas fan tonight in a few hours actually. Eh, I don't agree with that at all. Actually, they you have Kansas on the other side of that uh, that Sweet 16 matchup. Austin P. They beat him by 70. Um, a- no, they were <laughs> it, it was only like twenty something, uh, and still beat them by twelve points. A little bit more competitive, cer- certainly in that second round matchup. But typically, what you get in that uh, that sixteen, I think it's going to be a good game because I or eventual champion has that one scare, and I think Maryland has the talent to do it, but I don't think they can out there. No chance here. I just I just don't see it happening. But uh, knock on wood, certainly H well. So which is. In the 99.3 percentile in the country, FYI. Absolutely. Got to let someone know, right? (laughs) Um, Outside of that, we saw Wichita State, uh, second round. Miami beat Buffalo in the first round and was able to knock 12-ish to Villanova. How much time is left? Uh, 13 minutes in the second year. Beat a pretty good Wichita State team to get into. Well, and Alex Johnson brought that up last week. He was high on Wichita State. He said they make a little was they weren't going to get through that. Mm -hmm. And the game wasn't as close, I think, as Alex probably would have hoped. That I would love to see Miami come back. And I said it last week, too, about Villanova, that there's a lot of time left in this game. I know it's not looking good for Dem Canes, but we'll see. Yeah, Villanova, two really convincing wins in the first two rounds. Beat up on your business against seven seed Iowa, winning that one by just under 20 points, so 19 in the in the Sweet 16 as well, having a 12-point 12 12-point 12 lead over Miami. The problem with them is I don't think they have the front court to play against a Kansas. However, if you get your way and Maryland wins that, that becomes a very interesting Elite Eight matchup if you see Maryland will be there. Um, again... My heart goes Miami. My head goes Villanova. Uh, going down to the West region, you got Oregon. I won a slide. lot of money on that game. Uh, thank you, Jamie, our avid listener, John. Um, Holy Cross would keep it within 20 points. I said, you know what? I'll bet you that, but I think they won by 
like 39 39 yeah, yeah. i could have made more money off of them but <laughs> one by five uh to get into the sweet 16 they'll be battling against duke eight point win over unc wilmington nothing too convincing there and even less convincing matchup against down to within i believe five points in the second Wait. half um unfortunately makai mason wasn't which i think a lot of people would have selected just because it's the two highest seeds in that area of the bracket oregon yeah holy cross was convincing they skip saint was scare so yeah. now they go on their run yeah um and I keep bringing up that I had mission. This is one where it's going to be Shashevsky's mind versus Oregon's talent. Who wins? Yeah. Uh, stick with that pick. But I am a lot less convinced of it after this first weekend. I, I think it's going to be a lot closer game in general, regardless of who, of who wins. Yeah, I, we don't see them a lot over here on the East Coast. Right. They're a West Coast team. Um, I think that they are their oh, first yeah. seed, and they are a real formidable team. And like I said, I still like Duke a little bit. Duke does not convince me in any way. They've got some good talent. I, I really like what I said. has good, uh, decent wings that they can put someone on him that's you know six 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 seven that could bang his bite well enough to where I can say whom they would put on him. But um, love his scoring ability. Outside of that, Duke is a very, very average team. Yeah, no depth. Who and knows his way around the tournament. He does, but I feel like when you've seen... When they have very good teams, when they, they have, perform very well. When right. they don't have good teams, you see them tend, you know, whoever you are. Uh, and, and for Duke, even even for this season, this Duke team, I think that's a great team. More of Oregon, maybe I'd be more tempted to pick them here. I'm going to still say Duke. I'm going to still part just because yeah. we haven't seen them. Right, right. I think if Duke gets it going from the outside, which they're fully capable of doing, Western bracket, I believe it is. I have no idea what region it is, to be totally honest. But I think it's the Western bracket. Texas A&M take advantage of a... One of the most bizarre last minute and a half of so 12-point lead for Northern Iowa evaporated, goes into an overtime, and they end up losing. He would have quit basketball if this happened to him. I believe it was today when he was asked the question, well, if you were a Northern Iowa player, what would you have done? <laughs> he would have quit basketball. I was astounded. And this is a Northern Iowa team. This is a team that I... So getting the win over Texas, impressive, no doubt about it. But they did against it on a, a last-second sh- shot. Shock a smart team. That- if I'm... I, it's Northern Iowa, so I guess they, they're... Duke team, maybe not Duke with Shashevsky, but let's say I don't know who's a who's a big team that has. Uh, nah, Jay Wright's been there for like fifteen years now. Uh jeez. For as soon as I said it, <laughs> choose X team somewhere out there. <laughs> say it's uh, if this happened to a Texas Tech that you couldn't inbound the ball, you lost a game because of your. Yep. You get fired for that. Now yep. it's Northern Iowa, so I mean, obviously, even being in the tournament is is a great. Bill Self in his first year at Kansas, pull that, he would have Don't. been your... How do you right. the ball? Nobody on their team touched the thing, right. and it was out of bounds. Run the same or play every time. they would for, run to the corners, which is in basketball. Always run to the corner because everybody... And I'm like, shit, I yeah. was stuck in the fucking corner. Exactly. It was <laughs> unbelievable. The team could have done. You go into the corner, pass the ball in, just sit there for 10 seconds. So 10 seconds. They can go in the corner and hum it off the person who's guarding you. Well, they tried to head. do that, and they, they messed it up two or three Honestly, if I didn't see it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed what happened. It was that bad, and it crapped their pants, right. which is really unfortunate for them. But Texas A&M, third seed, makes it through, making you uh, Bakersfield. Tighter game against VCU, which was expected, a pretty good V, and took care of business. Currently, nature taking its course. Oklahoma, and obviously you have to think, Oklahoma's got a good shot. Well, go- I think they can inbounds the ball in this game. <laughs> well, I think they'll be going... Talk about team, every championship team has that 
close game. Yeah. That that's destiny at most of that point. And I don't necessarily believe in that in sports I'm when it comes down to, to it. Fulfill. A they're on the type of run where they can have all their thumbs up each other's asses and they're gonna win the game even evening out now. They yeah. shouldn't be there. They're getting cock smack now. Which you see in some teams. I, I think second life like I said, after that, put right in the coffin. Uh, right. After that Northern Iowa game, that was one of those ones where a final four, maybe a championship game, maybe even a win. Good enough team that on a hot run, 20 in the first half, and see you later, go home. But they just came back from 12 with left and won. Do you count them out? Yes. Buddy. Yep. Love myself, somebody. We're going to talk about that in a little bit when we get to the Celtics and uh, hometown or hometown-ish Providence uh, advance in an awesome game against USC. That was best game of the first. Was That was the first day. That might have been first day, yeah. First day, got over midnight. Best game of the day, last game of the day. Bucket right down there on the inbound, right underneath, less than a second. Yep. On a little, I don't know the basketball terminology, almost like a little peel out underneath, standing down there. The defender gets caught trying to go after the inbounder, and the guy that he's defending just kind of peels out just a touch underneath the basket, yep. get himself some open space, easy lay-in for the win. That was a great game coming down the stretch. Yeah, that was a fun one to watch, and that was actually – one of the only games that I wa- well, I shouldn't say one of the only games, but one of the games that I watched kind of wire to wire and, and seeing what they did there. Loved it. It was great. I mean, I, th- I think it's the first win for Providence in the last like 18, 20 years in the, in the tournament. And honestly, USC, no dog. I mean, that's a pretty solid team. And I think they were able to, they can go home and, um, yeah, be pretty happy with what they did there. UNC took care of business against, against, uh, Dunk City, FGCU, uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, and then had an even more impressive win in my mind. Uh, tough day for, for Providence after having a great first round. I guess the emotions were, you know, too high. Inside, we saw Indiana spank Chattanooga, which some of us had Kentucky, which was a team that I think a lot of people thought had a chance to possibly win this thing. With their squeak that one out, winning it to the tune of 73-67, to 67, setting up a Sweet 16 matchup of UNC. Thought they were? Yeah. Um, I would say going into... But UNC, mm-hmm. and now my mindset's a little flip flop. Not just because our JP they're not in the tournament, um, so obviously Indiana has a chance. But I think that now this might this might be UNC's game where this is their close call. Putting cruise control too early in this one, I think you can get out of hand quickly. Um, but I think this is their first. Earth brings them back to reality. Hey, we can't sit now. Now we're starting to run to run into the best teams in the by this one. Um, for now yeah i think this is a more difficult matchup right now for you and for me this win probably puts them into the final four yes and i think th- this that's, is... that's very motivated and is playing pretty good basketball right now beating kentucky has to be on a very big high those are two you know depending on how you're looking at it ultimately i think unc's depth wins out here i think this is another not like you're saying i think that's gonna be a really good sign for them and probably puts them into a final four yep. on the other side on two occasions, able to squeak out wins. One over Michigan, rival Michigan, football rival. Notre Dame beat Stephen F. Austin. Austin, another one who had, I think it was a five-point lead going into the last you know, a couple of minutes shot by, uh, I forget who the player was. I don't think it was Zach August. He tipped it, and then the guy to died. Um, ended up putting it in and beating Stephen F. Austin. This is where we need Periscope again, so we can see Pelly's movements. <laughs> in the- Stephen F. Austin comes into it. Got a great win there. Forces Notre Dame to the to the Mike Shell. Had West Virginia winning the whole thing, too. Ooh. Along with Johnny Pierce. Ooh. Them <laughs> sucking it up. Exactly. Uh, then we saw one of the worst games of all time. Watch. Yeah. 
holy shit, 47 <laughs> points, really? Um, so Wisconsin I could squeaks have had a beer that f- one, shows up against Wisconsin, puts in a good effort, but Wisconsin ultimately squeaks it out by three, uh, a last-minute three by Bronson Koenig to set up a matter. Yes, it does. It does? It does. Okay. Wisconsin went to the championship game last year. Yes. There was a team recently, and we were kind of seed the year previous, and lost, and then the next year went two years ago. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised to see a Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Don't be surprised. I think that they've. They're not one of these schools that graduates. They've got a roster that was all there last year. Um, they they're now a seven seed and not a one or two seed. Wherever they were last year, just like Butler lost Gordon Hayward, Shelvin Mack. Um, He's black. Well, no, but they had another white guy who was good on that. Yes, yes, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, Watch out! Watch out! I'm not. I'm not predicting. I'm. I'm not predicting the run. But you got a veteran team in there who knows how to get to that point with a coach now that we've succeeded last year. He made his deep run this year. Let's see if all of a sudden he can coach his way through uh, elite eight. But that mu- don't be surprised if that's a closer game than the Indian wins because I, I say that now and then I'm going to jinx them and they're going to get blown up by 35. But. <laughs> I don't know. At least area the south region virginia two wins uh win by almost 40 over hampton the 16th seed one by uh, eight ish no yes eight points over butler puts them into this uh round of 16 oh folk chris hogan just tweeted us back Oh, really? He's going to take us up on that drink, I think. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Good man. Good man. Uh, on the other side of that area of this particular bracket, we saw a pretty uh, significant upset with our Arkansas Little Rock beating Purdue. And we said last week that this was going to be the, for lack of a better term, fucked up shit show bracket. Yes. And that yes. is what we got. Uh, to a certain extent. I mean, we saw a 1-4 here, so the other team I was going to, about to get to, Iowa State, very solid in their first two rounds. This is a team that was upset in the first round last year. I believe it. And uh, two years ago, they didn't make it to the Sweet 16 either as a two or three seed. Yeah, and I kind of had a feeling George Niang, who was their big guy, who's been their star for the last couple of years, I had a feeling that he was going to really put this team on his back and make something happen here. So to see them in the Sweet 16 isn't a total shock, but a great matchup, I think, between a 1-4 between Virginia and Iowa State. A lot of people probably had upsets in between those two, but they've come through and done what they needed to do in order to be able to set up a, a matchup of the scratch uh, seeds there. This is a very interesting... This might be the most interesting game in the whole Sweet 16 for me because these are two teams that have been bumped out early and often in the past couple of years yeah. as high seeds. Now, no one of these teams has a Final Four to put on the trophy case if you will kind of the wisconsin reference very very loosely here but now this is something where next year these two teams knocked out early they know hey we can make a deep push on the tournament now we did right. last year um big building virginia outmans iowa state and I, I love iowa state but virginia i love what they do defensively very very constricting team i think uh, prospects for one of the big coaching jobs out there. I think if Shashevsky or uh, Roy Williams, one of those two guys in Tobacco Road, decide that they want to hang it up, this guy might be in the front of the line. Very good matchup. It really is. I think Niang might be the biggest star of the game itself. However, I think Virginia has the better overall team. I'd go Virginia, but I won't be totally sure. 
you got to throw the seeds away on this. Right, on once this you get to the Sweet 16, right, it, the, the seeds are tossed. Yeah. With the exception of now. Now it comes down to matchups, how you match up defensively, offensively with your opponent. More than Iowa State is going to be able to shut down Virginia. Totally agreed. Bottom half of this bracket was pretty much what we expect to see. I really don't know. All of the top seeds in the first round matchup shit the bed against them by 16. We saw that coming a mile away. That one, not too, too shocking. But then they take on the third. A little bit of a shocker. I, I, if you picked Gonzaga to win that game, I wouldn't have been well, totally well, blown away. I think that's also too half ignorance on us. We don't see those West Coast teams a lot. We know Gonzaga from the 20. We don't see a lot of that. Pat 12 got a lot of respect, and I think there's only one team left, that Oregon team. Um East Coast because they all blow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too good from from Utah. However, they want to hell to say his name. Uh, he'll be in the NBA draft, probably a top ten pick. Good but he's moving on. on the Celtics, another bum. Gonzaga, <laughs> great for them. I, I'm happy for them because they've they haven't had a a feel good run in a while now. They've been a team that I think a lot of people have expected to do well, and for them to finally be underseeded and make a run like this, kind of brings back some validation to that team. So I'm I'm happy to see that for them. On the other side of it, we saw Syracuse blow out Dayton and then blow out Middle Tennessee to get into this game. Not a total shocker that they were able to win the Dayton game. I thought it was going to be a hell of a lot closer than it was. The biggest shock in the entire tournament, almost irregardless of what happens going forward, Michigan State falls out to Middle Tennessee. How did this happen? Okay. Why did it happen? Now, did you watch this game? I watched it, and that was the last game I watched. Completely <laughs> honestly, because I'm so mad. I'm so mad because I was pumping Tom Izzo, pumping Tom Izzo, and then legitimately, I was driving down to Johnny's on Friday. Yep. We got a keg at like ten o'clock in the morning, um, so we went down. I went down there and drank all day long, and on the way down, I forget which radio station it was. It was, it was either EEI or Sports Hub, I forget which... It wasn't one of the um, regular show hosts. It was a NCAA basketball... Uh, what do you call it? Special. Expert come yeah. come in. And they said, oh, Michigan State, Kansas. That looks like the big matchup. And this guy said... And I, I'm blanking and I'm sorry. If you're listening, call in and be like, this is my name. He said, Tom Izzo is probably the worst coach with the credit that he's given and i'm like how can you say that he's been to eight final fours he's only won one no not final four finals maybe he's been to the finals at least twice he's been to eight final four no 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 no. he's eight one eight he's been to eight final fours and only won one one championship okay okay, okay, i'm sorry so he that shows he does a lot with a little but when he's got a good team he can't fucking win with a good team either so that put as soon as i heard that i'm like hmm I haven't thought of it that way. Now, don't get me wrong. Not thinking they're going to get lose to Eastern Tennessee State or whoever the fuck it was. But it made me think, wait a minute. He he was the type of coach that, like, you were saying, Pelly, Bill Self, and Krzyzewski win when they've got the best team. Izzo doesn't win when he's got the best team. And he does really well with a inferior team. But the fact of the matter is that now you have an inferior team and you're going to get beat at some point. So yes, losing to a 15 seed that is that is unexpected. That is unacceptable to a point. This might a lot of people are saying this might be the biggest upset in the history of the tournament. That, yes, that was Despite, well first round upset anyway. Right, that was like you said that that's unacceptable to a point. 
But the way I hurt, and like I said, I'm blanking, and I wish I tried looking it up before because I didn't. I honestly didn't think of it because I've been too mad. But he said he's not as not saying that he's a some schlub. Don't get me wrong, right? But right. he's not as good as a Calipari, as a Shashevsky. I know Calhoun's done now, but a Kevin Ollie. Even though Kevin Ollie hasn't been around there lately, he won a cha- for long. He won a championship in his first or second year down there. Yeah. Um, you look at a lot of these coach. A Jim Beheim, he said, I trust Beheim more than I trust... Oh, I totally disagree. Oh, well, I totally disagree with that, too, but he started rattling him down, and now look what happens. Who's in the... Su- and big picture, yes, I agree. I trust Izzo more than Beheim, but who's in the Sweet 16? Yeah, I... And, 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 and I know I'm taking a very, very small sample size out of 20 years' worth of work from both of them. Don't get me wrong, but... 40 years, almost. Yeah, but... Just very, very, and when he said, that, I'm like, hmm, he's got a point here. And I wasn't wasn't thinking they're gonna get knocked out by Final Four. Yeah, he'll get to the Final Four, but he only gets there. He doesn't win it. Yeah, to lose if you're Michigan State, that is an un- unacceptable game to lose. Um, that's a whole different thing. But the more and more I've thought about it, and it started before that game was actually even played, that my mind kind of switched, and uh, maybe Michigan State is a team to be had. And sure enough, they got had by East Bumfuck University. <laughs> yeah, I I was totally shocked. I was in the car on my way back, or actually on my way to the airport to come back from Pittsburgh for work last week, and I, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know. It, it was one of those games where I think you just caught a team that was sleeping, and you kept it close, and you had a little tiny lead. And the thing is. When you have a team that has nothing to lose, like a Middle Tennessee State, and they have a lead going to the last five to seven minutes of a game, they're going to go at they them. Said they a, just don't care. I don't know which game it was. I don't know which announcing crew that it was. But they had a stat at one point this weekend that came up on the board, and it said lower-seeded teams, obviously, they don't win the majority of the games. Hence, that's yeah. why they're lower-seeded team. But a lower-seeded team down by five points with five minutes left wins more often than a higher-seeded team down by five points. Teams that are more used to being in that position. Because they're down. They're not afraid. They say, screw it. What's the worst that? We're going to try to shoot the lights out of the gym. We're not supposed to beat Michigan State anyways. Let's just start chucking threes, whatever. Well, you have to think. They've they've had to come back at some point in that season. Half of these teams that get in on these automatic bids through winning the conference tournament have to go on runs to get there. Now, I, I don't know the exact score, the exact timeline here, but... Following up on that stat, now Michigan State is down by five. They're shitting their pants. How are we losing this team? Yep. They tense up, and the other team yep. is nice and loose. And yep. Nice and loose. Now you can talk some smack down the pay. Oh, wait, you're Michigan State? Come at us, you know? No, Sutton, when was the last time Michigan State got shit talked to them this year? Yeah. You know, you know. seriously. And it's all You can walk the walk, or you can talk the talk all you want, but now it comes down to walk the walk, and you, you didn't do it. Um, and that's, like I said, I thought that was a very interesting stat, and it sounds very... It sounds very obvious, but when you really sit down and break down that stat, it's like, holy, that's a that's a very interesting mindset that within a five-point game, the lower seed is, on average, a better chance to win when you would think it would be the opposite. Yeah, very, very interesting. All right, cool. We're, that's the uh, Sweet 16 update uh, by next week. When are we going to? We're going to be in the final Monday. We'll, Monday or Tuesday, we'll have our final four set, I we'll, think. We'll have the final four all set up. Yeah. All right. And we'll give you another update there. However, 
the 22 brackets that were entered for the Off the Wagon Sports Bracket Challenge. 22. Susie, or Shabani and Susie won, which is uh, my girlfriend's mom. Not doing too well. Oh, dat ho. Dead, dead, <laughs> dead last. Not doing all too well. Oh, you suck. D.A. Smitty, 26-1. Oh, he is a raging homo. Tied for 20th place right now. Trust me. <laughs> gay! He is, he, you, you look gay up in the dictionary, and this kid's face is the whole page. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he's been in last place for pretty much... He was in last place pretty much from the start. Yeah. But uh, he's out of the basement. He's out of the basement looking good right now. He's tied with uh, Pelly 2016. Don't know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so bad. I do have 800 points still on the board, so I just need a Kansas to win the championship and every other game that I could possibly win out there to be wins, and I'll get out of the basement. Uh, 19th place. Margaret A. Adams, too. Yeah. yeah, she's killing it with that Gonzaga pick. That's looking still, real good now. <laughs> still alive, I know, right? Silver Fox, which is my girlfriend's father, in 18th place at 340 points. Do Seven- you think that's going to cause like a disruption in their, in their marriage? <laughs> yeah. He, like, he just like brags to well, her. They both- Goddamn right in the 18th place! <laughs> both have Indiana winning the championship. Uh, I didn't steal the sign. Is in 17th place. Uh, that is... Zach Koch? Yeah, that's my buddy Zach. Yeah. Oh, out in Ohio? Chicago. Oh, yeah, out in Chicago. 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 Out in yeah. Chicago. Mr. Uh... The one who sucks at fantasy football? Yeah. Yeah, I know him. He sucks at bracket <laughs> challenge as well. JP beat him in our uh, in our league this yeah. last year. I believe J- I beat J- him in the final. Yeah, I believe I beat him in the final. You did. Because he sucks. He All does. Right. No. Where's a you suck drop, Carl? Mr. Come on. Mr. <laughs> right on. Mr. Goldman Sachs. Yep. You suck. Tied for 14th. It's a three-way tie, uh, bottom of which J.M. Beers, 35891. Ooh, Johnny. Ooh. Boston B. Money, three. Ah, that's my... I was I was hoping he would, like, when he... In the first round... Is that he Black was B. Money? Way, yeah, that's okay. B. Money. Um, <laughs> he was, like, all the way at top, and I, I was hoping he was going to make it. I want to get him on the show sometime. He is hilarious. He calls into Felger and Matt. He's like one of their regular callers. Oh, really? And they get excited when they call him because he's just <laughs> he's out of his mind. He is a diehard Pats fan and yells, screams. He's great. Be money. And he's a rapper. It's awesome. <laughs> he actually uh, has the second least amount of points available to him going forward. So uh, he's not going to do much better. <laughs> that's unfortunate. It's over. Uh, Connor Gallivan. Yeah, my buddy Connor. Uh, I know him. He used to live with Zach and the rest of the guys that I know from. Oh, so he sucks at fantasy football too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, good, he thinks good. he's one of those guys that thinks he's really good. Oh yeah. But it it just hasn't proven to yeah. be. It's like, but he doesn't. He it's doesn't, like Izzo or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Tied for twelfth. Carl Badger. Who? Brackets Badger. Brackets Who? Badger with AJ52IU4. Alex Johnson. Really? Yeah. You so could you, be a professional you, sports agent, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Top 12 tied. Uh, number 11, Azzy Brackets, Matthew Azarito. So just outside the top 10. Who's that? Uh, went to, Buddy from yeah, Nichols. Went to college okay. with him. Uh, eighth place. It's a three way tie. Dill Pell. Three six eight four three zero nine. I have no idea why I have so many numbers in this thing. But my younger brother Dylan, he's crushing you. Good for him. Good the for least, him. the least gay palaquin out of the out of the threesome. <laughs> Hot dog Hal one also tied. Uh, he has A and M winning it, which is probably not a good choice after tonight. Anyone know who that is? Was that <laughs> I your... went to high school with him. Okay. Jay Rivers one eight two three oh. one. John Rivers. 
He has UNC winning it. Which Ooh, is unique, that's interesting. Unique could give him an opportunity. He's one, he actually, I believe, was the only one who chose UNC to win the final. Oh, wow. Number seven, by himself, President of the United States. Oh. Mr. Good. Barack Obama. Good for Barack. What a dickhead. <laughs> What's the, what did you say? Does he have, How many points does he have going forward? Is that like... Uh, that he's anything? got 1120, so that's actually one of the highest totals. Actually, I believe that is tied for the uh, tied for second most points available. Going forward. Available going forward, yep. Good for him. Uh, sixth place by himself, T. Glassman, 12-2. In fifth place, T. Glassman, 12-1. <laughs> it's Tyler Glassman, friend of uh, Shell's and, and mine. Oh, really? uh, he did two brackets? He's a Liverpool, Liverpool fan. Yeah, he's oh, got, well, he's a Liverpool fan. That explains a lot about why he did two brackets, you <laughs> he's fuck. Got, he's, got, he's got one one with Michigan State winning, one with Kansas Listen winning. tonight's. Oh. <laughs> l- listen to tonight's... Uh, off the pitch episode, Pelly gives a whole bunch of insight about how much that Liverpool back line sucks, particularly Martin Skirtle. Eat the <laughs> At OTP Soccer Talk. Eat the poo poo. <laughs> Tied for third. John Dash Paul, 05081. That would be me, bitches. So I'm winning, I'm winning out of the table. Oh, what do you mean, boo? Correct. <laughs> but you do have Michigan State winning it, so you're already done with that. And we, if we get Kansas, well, if you get Maryland Kansas was... to go through, you probably already pass them on that one. No word. You are tied with Atwood's Bracketology 101. He has... How eight... does that name sound familiar? Because that's Nick he, Atwood. He, he played a, last year. I believe he yes. was top five last year. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, 12, he was... Which isn't that impressive, but... but... There was, I think there was a chance early, too, that he was going to get it. Me and him were going, I yeah. think, between... He might have finished third. Maybe. I forget who was number two, but yeah. Yeah, he might have finished third. Number two, my pride and joy. Shabanian 10-1, which is Alexandra Shabanian. <laughs> gay! It's not, it's not that gay. It's a, Number when, one, How though, do you feel, though? Hold on. How do you feel when I'm you have to I'm going to feel horrible if I don't close that gap. <laughs> if, she, if she beats me, Aren't you supposed fine. to open the gap? She, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> However. You're a dirty girl. <laughs> However. The number one bracket in our bracket challenge is the off-the-wagon sports radio bracket that we put together between the three of us. You put our heads combined, you get something special. I know. Currently, with that bracket itself, in the 99.3rd percentile in the country, 490 current points, 1,000 still on the board. Not the best in the world, but if we win all of our games tonight, or if we win all the games over the next two nights that we have available to us, we're going to be in really good shape. Only miss... Eh, the whole entire Michigan State thing. But yeah, everybody's got that miss. I'm assuming somewhere. Yeah. So, And I guarantee the one jackass in the country who picked that upset doesn't have it perfect the rest so, of the way through, so yeah. you can go screw no, yourself. Probably not doing too well. So for the <laughs> listeners, Pelly, who can't see the bracket, who do we need to win going through uh, these next few games tonight? For off the wagon? Yeah. Yes. Tonight, we would need Villanova to beat Miami, which is going to happen. They're currently up 90-68. to 68. We would need... Uh, Oklahoma to beat Texas A&M, which they currently have a 58-43 lead in the 13, well, 13 minutes remaining. Sounds good. We would want Duke to beat Oregon at 10 o'clock in the late game. We would want Kansas to beat Maryland. That's coming up at 940. And on the other side, I think all those games are on the 25th. Yep, all those games are on the 25th. We would want a UNC win, a Notre Dame win, Ooh. a Virginia win, 
And the other, and one, doesn't the other yeah. one doesn't matter. So flip the coin. I would say Gonzaga would be better for us because it's probably a lower, lower percentage of choosing them, yeah, which would in turn help us out a little bit. But regardless of... So we, we have the possibility of 78 seeds. Seven out of That's eight. That's not bad. Final or Elite Eight. That's not bad. And three or four Final Four. And our champion is still alive. So That's not too shabby at all. We'll see where it goes. I did want to segue that into some Celtics talk, though. Uh, obviously... Ha- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm not waiting for cues anymore. Bad <laughs> or pauses or anything at all. Just, <laughs> just drown them out. Don't want to hear the voice anymore. <laughs> I think I think Polly turned up his earphones because he just looked like he went deaf. No, I was just kind of shocked. I didn't, I didn't know it was coming. Um, but no, I did want to turn, uh, parlay that into a little bit of Celtic conversation. Currently, uh, brr, fifth, I think, in the East. A little bit of a slide here. A little bit of a slide, but the difference between third and fifth is one game. Actually, no, it's less than a game at this point. I think it's a half, it's a half game slash tiebreakers. The difference between that playoff picture looking interesting. Obviously, if they were to end today, in going on the road, they would be going on the road and they'd be playing. Someone. <laughs> Not sure it. who they'd be playing. Yeah, but I got it. Give me a second. Miami, I think, was in third. Who, who the fuck jumped them? I'm pulling it up. Atlanta, I think. That sounds I believe correct. it is Atlanta. Um, so they have a 4-5 matchup. Bat- worse news than that, even if they didn't win, or if they did win that, I should say, they'd be in line to play Cleveland, which is horrible news. Four, I think it's four and a half, probably five games now that separates them between uh, ninth place and fifth place. So obviously with 10 games left, they have to win, I think, six guarantees in the playoff spot. So just something to keep in mind there for Celtics fans. However, I did want to talk to you a little bit since you are now invested. You've watched some of these games. You know some of the players. The Celtics are actually right now in fourth. Okay, so they moved up with the win last night. Be- yes. Beat Toronto in a very, very solid effort by yes. them. NBA draft. They're expected to be picking somewhere between three and six currently, depending on how things go in the lottery. Any players that caught your eye in this first weekend of the tournament? Um, that maybe, well, if you're a Celtics fan, if they were picking, they're keeping that pick somewhere three between three and six. And even if it's somebody that's above that. To to be completely honest, I was watching Buddy was a healed. Yep, Buddy Hild. Buddy Hild. Um, you can't see Ben Simmons, and it sounds like he's not going to be the number one pick or sounds like there's controversy now about the number right. one overall pick with Ingram from Duke, I believe. Um, outside of outside of that, after Michigan State loss, I really threw up the fucking the personally. I just threw up the canopy. Fuck this! I'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> so I honestly don't know too too much more outside of those three. I know that Ingram's moving up on the Simmons just from watching ESPN and talking in the sports talk radio around town. Um, I didn't see too too much outside of that because, like I said, I was bullshit. To be completely honest with you, so <laughs> yeah. Um, if they're picking three, if they there was a point guard, right? Uh, small forward, kind of Kevin Durant type guy. Okay, so then I'm wrong. Three players between however you want to rank them: Heald Ingram and or Heald Ingram. And yeah. apparently he's got an attitude problem. But you got Ben or whatever the fuck is Steven's name is it Ben? St- Have another beer, JP. Um, sure. Want some Jack? <laughs> no, no, not until... So, yes, you do. <laughs> um, outside of that, I 
I honestly paying more attention to the games this weekend now that I've swallowed the fact that Michigan State just our live listeners. So. Sorry, that's one. That's one for the good side, right? We got one for the good guys. Perfect. I didn't watch a ton of college basketball this year. Buddy Hild is the real deal. I love what I saw from him. And when he gets going and he gets that lane to be able to see the see the basket, shoot over whoever's defending. Okay. All right, good. <laughs> Make sure you mix it, mix it with something, please. Um, Make me a drink. That's what I want. Polar orange. Yeah, perfect. Oh, you guys are so cute. Are you gonna use Tito's? I've got the grape pucker. If you want to try that. No, we're saving that for Josh Brown. Sorry, that uh, we Texans. lost that bet. Yeah, it was. We a, lost that bet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you bet him that the Texans were going to win. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, sorry about that. Go ahead, Pelly. <laughs> no, but I saw Buddy play. I, um, just real quick before I make that drink. Now you're on. The, now I just thought about. It. Now that you're on Buddy, I that team. He right. looks like he's got that killer mentality. We talk about it a lot. You and I. I'm going to win this game right now. That mentality that you need to be a great player. And I like him, what you're given at that point. Right. But right now, he would be the one that I, I personally want. Outside out of those. Big... I don't know too, too really? much about Ingram. Don't get me wrong. Um, Simmons, I love Simmons. I watched a lot of it, or as much as I could of him at LSU this year. Um, like I said, a little ignorant towards Ingram, but I love Buddy, Buddy Heil. All right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I don't think I take him over Ingram just because of the skill set that Ingram does have. But... Yeah, I, I love Buddy. One of my favorites. You talk to Alex or any of the guys that I talk basketball with, he's one of my favorite players in college basketball this year and obviously the college basketball player of the year uh, in, in, in most circles. Um, outside of that, didn't watch a lot of him this year, but Chris Dunn over at Providence, unbelievable talent. I mean, athletic as all hell, can uh, get the ball to the basket, can shoot pretty well. I don't think he's a great shooter, but it's opened up an interesting conversation that I think if – Boston gets this pick in somewhere between three and six, and they decide that they want to keep it and make the pick. What happens? I mean, it seems like there's two guys that are guards that are already a logjam in that backcourt. That is, I think, is a big question. Um, I personally have always pointed to Avery Bradley, saying that's the guy that you know exactly how you would like to build a team. But well, last couple of weeks. I wouldn't be totally shocked if Marcus Smart is the odd man out and they decide, unfortunately, it doesn't look like he's going to be the type of scorer that um, that Boston's trying to, to get out of him. Only looks like a guy that maybe at his best possible scenario is a 14, 16-point-a-night guy. On the court, off the court, I think he's a model citizen for the most part, but maybe he's the guy that goes. I mean, really. Uh, but those two, like I said, Chris Dunn, Buddy Heil, those are two guys that I would definitely, if I'm picking from uh, Utah, seven-footer, it's going to give you a lot of that that great play underneath the basket with Zeller or both of their spots. Um, yeah. My thing with Dunn, Art, yep. and my problem now with this team, and the reason why I like Hild, oh, don't I have a score. They've got a whole bunch of great defensive pieces. Yep. And the problem with any you need a good defense in basketball. However, in basketball, that's the one sport where you need bucket. That's why I don't like drafting Dunn because you're just getting another piece of the same. Hate it. They're doing really well for what they've got, but they've got a lot of the same pieces. Younger, preferably keep smart. Hope he develops instead of Avery Bradley. But player skills, skill set. You need now to if in this draft and this. So this I don't know too too much about the draft. Draft somebody with a different skill set. Draft an, an offensive, strict player who doesn't play defense. Yeah. You need a different type of player on this team. We're now, okay, now you can start mixed scorer, in my opinion, if you're the Celtics. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. you might get that through trade, like you said, maybe there that you want 
Um, I'm not saying that that's not a completely unreasonable option, but also defensive yeah. role players, which you need on championship teams. Right. But def- but get away from the repetition. We're just kind of segmenting, obviously, our uh, bracket challenge and, and now having a little bit better of an. I filled half of a cup of it. I know. Well, I, we weren't going to have enough left for another drink, so I just poured the rest of it in both me and Carl's. Let's quickly hurry on to the Red Sox <laughs> then before the violent vodka guy comes. There's a drink! Socks, socks. Don't say that. I hate the socks now. Carl just got me in a bad socks mood for the year. Do you want me to change the song? Yes, I want you to change the song. I want you to like pick. I want you to pick like levels by what Avicii. Is love? Yeah, anything, anything, anything. All right, fart it's noises. better. It's better than sweet. Yeah, you ever seen? You ever seen fartcake.com? <laughs> Or Cake Fart. I think it's Cake Fart. <laughs> yes, I've seen Cake Fart. Take, a, take the soundtrack from Cake Fart and make that the song. What is your problem with Tessie? I, I, just, I just hate it. Why? Because it's too happy. It's too happy. I'm not a happy person. I'm not a happy person. When it comes to the song. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, just want an update for the bracket challenge, by the way. Villanova Ooh. did win, as I already mentioned. The Off the Wagon Sports Radio bracket. Now up to the 99.6th percentile really? in the country. Really? Really? We're yes. so fucking smart. And, and it looks like the Oklahoma game. What are we going to do with our $50,000? Uh, oh, we well, have to drink it away. Well, well, hold on. We talked about this. No, we should talk about this on air real quickly while we're, before we get into the Ranking socks. is somewhere in the 46,000 out of 15 if, million if region, we win, If we win, we know a guy in college that had one of the top 10 brackets in the country yes. at the time. And if Butler won that year, that year, he would have had the number one bracket in the country. And you said that they offered him a buyout. Yeah, they offer. It, Do we take the buyout when they get to the championship game? If they have a grouping of, they can try to buy them out instead of paying out the full fifty. Are we going to take the buyout if we're that close? Well, if we're that they had a seventeen point lead with seven minutes left in the Oklahoma Texas A M. That's going to jump us up even more. So on the socks. Now we just have to prey on uh, Duke beating Oregon tonight. <laughs> I know that uh, would be the. Pretty, very big, very big. <laughs> um, we'll leave that one alone. But uh, yeah, no. Love baseball. It's my baseball and VV. Good to me. Well, uh, Who are you, Sammy Sosa. Go- Jesus golf, Christ. Yeah, I love that's rare. Hockey. Cubans aren't my very good. My team, at, the team that I follow is the Bruins. Slow, and we're not getting your, your pastime. But my pastime is I can watch the Arizona Diamondbacks and enjoy a baseball game. So, Kansas Maryland coming on next. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, can, regardless of what I say about you. Um, we did want you to want to ask me about players, and I'll give you the rundown. You want me to b- bring I'll, up things that I, I, can, I can pi- Let me pitch to you. Carl's, Carl's dick's so hard right now. I just Oh, there you go. Don't, knock, don't knock that fucking drink over you. <laughs> First pitch, Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw. The look that you... You got to look at him, I'm assuming? I did get a look at him. Is the... Ooh. <laughs> Are you drinking vodka too? Yeah, oh, right. hell. These Guinnesses are going right to my head. <laughs> um, you got to see Travis Shaw... Your thoughts on him supplanting either Sandoval, Ramirez, or what do you see that rotation look like going into well, it? Here? He, he came in for Sandoval in the fifth inning, Yep, according to my book here. Um, he did not get on base, but before he got on base, he had the highest uh, batting average in all of preseason with a 529 batting average going into Correct. it. Correct. Uh, he's playing a great, great third base. 
That's really? what I took. That's what I took away out of my Shaw experience here. Like I say, he didn't get hit in the one at bat that I watched out of him. They pull him only an inning or two later. He did get three balls hit to him, feel all of them cleanly. And my thing too, he's got the arm. He can play third. But if you're playing third, you're getting those hot balls coming in. You can play first. You can play each right. corner's a hot corner, corner infielders if you need to. Okay. Um, it, we'll get in the corner infielders later. I'm sure. We saw Hanley. A lot of people trying to. Trying to say that he's doing all right at first. Everything I've seen him, he plays a very, very basic dot. Is there was two specific plays where he could have made the strut on the force out. Yep. Instead of making the stretch and trying to pick the ball, he came yeah. laid the tag on. Now you can't necessarily do that in a double play situation, but the sports hub and EEI, I believe the Globe had an article. Hanley Ramirez breaks here in the preseason. We're in, yeah. this, we're in spring right, training. Right. Yeah, you, he's going up against position. He's just playing it the easiest way he can, and winner. But he's not going to cost you at first yeah, base. Yeah, and that, my thought's been with he's him not since cost the start. Him, yes. is if he keeps the ball in front of him, yes, yes, and and that's what that's and, what he's and doing. Catch what catch yeah. what's thrown to you. Probably could have stretched for, and maybe because of spring training, he's not willing to stretch because he's Hanley. Don't get me wrong. But he came off the bag to his right once yeah. and gave the bat and gave the single or the if if his mindset is I'm not going to let it go behind me and give him second. Yep. I don't second. I'd rather have that than try to. No, I think he could. Like I said, it was a little egregious. He could have stretched. Like I said, maybe it's a little preseason thing. Yeah. Um, but he'll be fine. All right. Now, good to hear. Sandoval. Any thoughts on him right now? Very funny. We watched a lot in my notes right here. Pablo Sandoval. Moving too well. So on the first baseline, tried taking another base on a single. Well, he was on good running. He looked good in the field. I, I thought you're moving two days, and he looks like he's sitting the next two days because he's got back problems. And I honestly, he's going to be the problem. He's going to be the problem. Yeah. He's going to be the problem. Glad I would. He, those are, you try to move, have Shaw play third. Hanley's going to get well, you by it first. Here's the. If you didn't have Sandoval standing in the way, you put Hanley back at a position he's played right a decent third base. He could play a league average third base, I think. Arguably, I would think arguably. If I'm Hanley, third base is way less fielding than first base cuz yep. every ground ball you have to cover the bag. First base has the most put out bag. You have to physically move. If you're Hanley, why not play third when the ball goes to right field? You can lines for all the fuck anybody cares cuz you're not in the play. Right. At first base, it doesn't matter where the ball goes. You have to be on the bag. You have to shuffle. You have to move there. You have to have good footwork. Which is why, oh god, I, for the life of me, the signing of Pablo Sandoval was the stupidest, single stupidest move and, that and, I've and, ever and, seen this and, team make. And if you want to, I think that. And I would say that, that was and, and that I, hurt I, Hanley Lasher. That hurt Hanley Lasher because now it gave him the ability to. Well, I'm going to go on left field. Well, left field sucks. Now I have to run. Yeah, I can't play third because I'm with. Because Pablo's here. Yeah. Well, I can't play first, so I'm just going to DH. Well, I can't DH. So he has to walk and skate. Now he has to play a position. So fine. I, not that I'm okay with it, but Hanley doesn't want to play certain positions because he wants to be a fat lard and not do anything. Right. Fine. Well, where's the place that you have to move the least? Third base. You have to cover the bag once a game on a first to third play on a gap or out to right field. Right, as long as you can feel the ground ball, which and he's you been feel doing the his ground, entire career. Right, and you feel the ground ball that is hit to you and you make two or three throws a game, third base is a place to go where you don't <laughs> see the fucking ball. Yeah. He, I think he would much rather play third. 
I think Shaw is a better first baseman. Yes. And yes, totally agree. Now, Shaw can play third, but Shaw's got the footwork, and he's got the ability to be around that bag. He's comfortable around the bag. Exactly. So now you move Sandoval. Maybe he only says, hey, being around this bag thing here, this footwork really sucks. I know. I said I'd play the position. Yeah. It, it blows. What if I go put all my effort into playing it's third? It's more natural for him to play third base right. anyway because he's right. used to seeing the ball. And, and this is an underrated thing. I will be totally honest. In my baseball experience, seeing – the field on one side to the yes. other is yes. very, very Hanley's difficult. never played on the, the right, right side, side of the, the infield. So the now, field period. So now, so now no, side. he played short, so he gets a lot of balls on the gap at short. Don't get me wrong. When yeah, he was when he was younger in his fielding prime, well, he gets him in the third base to shortstop gap sometimes. You know what I mean? But you also have more time to react to that. Right. Because you're deeper in the hole. Now at first base, you have to play. If you're holding a runner on first, you're now getting the ball ripped at you to your right, which you're never used to getting a ball ripped to you at the right. Now, at third, you're not necessarily used to getting it ripped to you on the right either because it's on the line. It's either fair or foul, and you let it go. Worst case scenario, you could give a fuck less. It goes by you. But everything he's going to get at third base is going to be a natural side for him. Right. He's going to be able to attack the ball, get it, plant his foot, make a solid throw to first base, play over. Right. Get some or not. That's a much more natural play to him than it is at first. Yeah. And I think that's why he's dancing around the bag and playing a very basic first base, which is all we need him to play. Don't make mistakes. Don't drop every ball thrown to you. Don't go picking balls out of the dirt and let him go into the dugout and give him the extra base. Shaw is going to be a better first baseman because he's going to be able to pick those balls. He's going to do well with it. Yeah. All right, cool. Move I, Sandoval. Get him the fuck out of town. I'm sick know, of him. I'm so like worried said, about that. I, 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 heard, I heard rumors that they were thinking about possibly trying to deal him. The thing is, they're going to have to take on... They, yeah, they have to take all the money and they're getting nothing pretty back. Pretty much 12... Yeah, they're going to have to take on 12 to 13 million out yep. of that that, yep. that that 19 million a year deal, yep. which I believe runs for the next four years. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, up the middle, you have Pedroia and Bogarts. Did you see anything in the middle of that infield that uh, piqued your interest? Or they now they had Bogarts hitting cleanup, which I didn't like. No, he's not showing enough. I pop didn't like quite yet. Wasn't showing enough pop, and he struck out once, and that was an ugly strikeout. Ugly strikeout. He was. I don't sweet. think he ever. He doesn't have like clean strikeouts. He has terrible. Was, strikeouts. I mean, these these were in the dirt. Every single he swung in all of them. Yeah. All of them in the dirt. Um, he's just trying to get out of his fa- he's he trying to end a, that game as fast he as possible. Did, he did take a single, hit a single right back up the middle, um, took a extra base on another single to right field, uh, which was a at the end I'll get into that point, but took another base, getting a third, ended up not getting in. But he's looks fine with the bat. He's just not a cleanup hitter. Right. And like you said, he, he generally is a contact hitter. He's got a good eye. But when he's swinging... He is swinging, and he's not hitting jack shit. That was his first at-bat. Second at-bat, had a good at-bat. Made contact right up the middle. That's what you're going to get out of him. I didn't mind that. Um, he did have one bumble going to, if you're playing shortstop, moving to his left towards the second base bag. Got his glove on it, dropped it, but picked up the ball, fired it across a diamond, ended up getting the out anyways in a position where he probably shouldn't have. Um, he's going to be fine. Pedroia looks real good. Really good. good, better than I thought that he was going to look. In all honesty, good to hear. As long as he stays healthy, I think there's going to be a very, very big year for him. He got three at bats, two for, th- two for two with a walk. He got on base every time. Mm-hmm. The two times he did get on base, he's not hitting home runs. Solid contact, 
one right over the second baseman, right over one right over the shortstop, line drives in the gaps. Unfortunately, it didn't go deep enough to get into the gap and really like a double out of it, but making contact, doing what he needs to do out of the two-hole. I'm very happy with Troy. I want to pitch a theory at you. Is this the type of season where for the Red Sox, you have a guy, a great utility player in Brock Holt, that maybe... I did not try- see Brock Holt in this game. So. All right. Fair, but is this the type of season where you look at Dustin Pedroia and you say he's thirty what two thirty three now? So high. Well, he, he, so if high. You think he's gonna have a big year. Hold on to him for one more year. Would you advocate saying okay? Say you have no chance of trading Pedroia this year, pulling him out of a game or two games every week, and playing a Brock Holt at second to be able to kind of limit his to, games. To, to limit his games, yes. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense to you? Yes. All right, cool. and, that, and, that, and that works well for Brock Holt because Brock Holt has proven time and time again that he's not an everyday starter. Agreed. He can play very well three days a week. Yep. He cannot play well six days a week. Agreed. Now, I don't want to necessarily sit Pedroia, good Pedroia, two times a week, but if you have to do it to keep him healthy for the postseason, you do that. You do that. All right. Anything in the outfield that you saw that was uh, piquing your interest? Rusty Castillo. Is making contact. He is roping the ball. He's quick, stolen base, took an extra base. He's fast, taking good pitches, great eye. He last year his problem was can't run the bases. Yep. This year, he's offensively amazing. And I like Jackie Bradley Jr. over him in center field. Offensively, at least coming into this. Rusty Castillo, from what I saw, now one game sample size, don't get me wrong, he needs to be an everyday starter because of his offensive abilities. Do he you, is a great leadoff guy with pop. With pop. Do you see him uh, grabbing one of those outfield spots? Yeah, he will. I, I think I, I want him to. If he grabs one, we'll see. But he should grab one of those outfield spots. Do you Preferably see, left field. Left because, field, that's what I'm hearing. Preferably for. left field because he doesn't have the arm. And there was a line drive right over Price's head almost got took off during the game went right up the middle stock single yep ball goes straight through his legs to the back of the freaking wall oh jeez and it's like what are you doing now maybe it's spring training and you don't give a shit and I understand that but it's not like all of a sudden you go make a diving play you miss and the ball runs back the ball went straight through his legs Bill Buckner style right to the center field wall and it's like okay you're looking great on last year. You looked great defensively. You couldn't do anything offensively. Yeah. He was on base three times. Stolen base. Took extra bases twice. Now all of a sudden, too, though, it's like you got to feel the position. Right, right. So he's in a very weird spot with me that you have to put him on the field because of he's got the capability to do it both ways. Now you need to bring them together. Okay. So could, you're saying possible breakout year for Castillo? Castillo, this is going to be his year. If he doesn't give it to you this year, then next year he's got to go. Okay. They, because he's, no, he, that's, that's good he's stuff. got the talent. He's got the talent to really make an impact if he puts his mind to it. All right. Very good. Did you see anything from the catcher position? I think Swihart was probably the starter in that game. No. Han- Hannigan played the whole game. Oh, jeez. I didn't see Swihart and I didn't see Vasquez. Do you think ew, with that done, put your GM cap on here, are they trying to shop him here at this point? They're trying to shop one of them. Who do you think it is? I think they're trying to shop Vasquez. Really? I think they're trying to shop Vasquez. Wow, that's disappointing. 
And I know you're a Swihart guy. We talked about I'm this not. all last year. I keep, you fucking always say that. No, I, you, I'm not. You know I like, you, you like offense like outside the catcher's position? I like defensive catchers. Because I, I brought him over here, Carl. So I brought oh him to my, my side. Oh, my God. You're... I think well, putting I, words in my mouth. I, I and think you know I like other things in my mouth. I think that I think that they're <laughs> shopping. Gay. Well, and Vasquez is starting in the minor leagues, and so people say, "Oh, well, Swihart's a better player." I yeah. think they're starting in the minor leagues because I don't think they want his offensive deficiencies to show to other major league clubs. Devalue okay. and 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 then it devalues them. That's why I think they're trying to shop Vasquez. I like the defensive catcher. He's coming. I didn't see him. Um, I s- watched a little bit of the game, not yesterday, two two games ago. He wasn't in there. Um, I, I just haven't seen him yet this spring. They said that his elbow's all good. Tommy John's done. He's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And that's his big thing. He's, he's got the best uh, caught stealing ratio in baseball when he is throwing. I would like to see Vasquez stay, but it looks like he's the one that they're going to shop at. They want offense out of the catcher position. Apparently. What a disappointment that would I be. I agree. I agree. And I think he could call a pretty good game, too. Yep. Swihart's um, looking back at the dugout every time. What pitch do we throw now? Yeah, Schweier has no idea. He's right. But I have, I have no I have no problem splitting it. You got 162 games. I have no problem splitting that position, you know, 100 to 62. The, the pro- yes, yes, yes. I, I completely agree. The problem is you got two young kids that you have to keep one. And this was my thing last year. I prefer the defensive catcher. I prefer Vasquez. Right. If you want to go offensive, fine. You cannot. And he's, ha- and he's Latino. Wait a second. Wait a you, second. No, no, you're, you, no. Your problem is you're a racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You cannot keep the both of them. No wonder why you're voting for Trump. You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot keep the both of them just for developmental standpoints. Right. I they agree. are still too young. Where if they're not, if you have one play eighty one games, you have the other one eighty one games. You. It's not enough. You right. You have just given them the glass ceiling where they cannot get any better. You have to commit to one, and maybe you make the wrong choice, but you have to think of it. Maybe I make the right choice, and you trade one of them. I think they're both gonna have two very good careers. They're gonna two do do two different things. You just have to make the decision: do we want the offensive catcher? Do we want the defensive catcher? Get rid of the other one, and that's what it is. Neither one of them got in that game the other day, which I was disappointed because I really wanted to see at least one, or one, preferably both, Yeah, kind of get an idea, but I didn't see either of them. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Go ahead. Pitching staff. I'm going to change the subject if yep. you don't mind. David Price looks, on, and I'm not trying to cut you off, he looks well worth $30 million. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that I will say, and I noticed it, and maybe it's because of spring training is working on it, Yeah, he... Pitched out of stretch the whole game. Really? Okay. Pitched out of stretch the whole game. He got five innings. In the five innings, he had eight strikeouts. And not like strikeouts, like filth. Guys are looking back at the umpire like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Filth strikeouts. Phenomenal. When he got hit, he got hit hard up the middle. Off fastballs, which a good fastball hitter, that's where they're going to hit it. Uh, He did give up a home run. He gave up a home run that barely went over the right field fence and the wind down at Fenway South. Fenway North, wind blows out to the left. Fenway South blows out to the right. That ball would not have gone out. I mean, it cleared by six inches. It was yeah. very, very on the line. In you, can Fenway, sh- you can show us six inches, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can show you six <laughs> inches. All right. Um, that ball would not have gone out in Fenway, uh, but he looks good. And like I said, he was pitching out on the stretch, which didn't necessarily worry me it just piqued my curiosity and i'm assuming that's a spring training thing working on some with his mechanics yep. in that situation they really could give a fuck less about the game 
just hey, we're gonna have good mechanic. But he looks every dime worth of thirty million dollars. That's very very good to hear. Craig Smith, Carson Carson Smith, just blew his elbow. It sounds like really. I thought yes. that was just forearm tightness. They say forearm tightness. There's no timetable on his return. They say he should pitch again this year. Um, if they say it's a strain, he's coming back in August. Give him the fucking surgery now and shut him down, which is unfortunate because that slider really good, that he has. Heard, yeah. Oh my, oh my Jesus! For as good as David Price is, that slider that Carson Smith has is fire, <laughs> fire. That thing dives. Yeah, dives. Um. I did not see Oka- Hold on. I did not see Okajima. Tazawa is throwing hard. Kimbrel. Yes. That's the other one. Kimbrel. Nine pitches. Nine strikes. Not three strikeouts, but... He's... Kimbrel's a real deal, too. Yeah. Tossing, Kimbrel, da- tossing darts. <laughs> Kimbrel's a real deal, too. He was worth Manuel Margot. I well, it, it was... Yes. He was worth Manuel Margot. It was to the point where he... It was an easy nine pitches. Yeah. He didn't look like he was laboring, throw it as hard as he throws it. Yeah. I want to come out again, and I know that you're not going to get that in a preseason game. Right. But yeah. he could have gone. Now, yeah, you got you can't just send him out there four innings in a row. It looked like with the ease, you get a lot of the relievers that look like they're laboring and throwing their whole body into it. Mm-hmm. He had the ease with 98 on it and just like hit it, just hit it, hit it. And then you get a change up at 84 and – the bats and the grandstand before the ball gets to the plate. <laughs> he looks good. He looks good. Ah, uh, yeah. How about them socks? All right, cool. That covers it for the Red Sox. Unless you had anything else you wanted to add there. Um, no, I think I covered everything. I got. We talked Castillo, Sandoval, Price, Hanley, Kimbrel, Shaw. That's all of it. All right, very good. I, the I notes do- say Price looks good with five O's. So I'm going good. to say he looks good. He looks $30 million worth of good, I will say. Right. He looks in midseason form right now. No, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, though. That's obviously a very positive sign for the Sox. I'm going to bypass the Patriots preseason or um, sign. Next so week, far. we don't have a lot going on next week. So we, we don't have do a lot going week. on next week, so we're going to hold on to the Patriots until next week. However, I don't know Carl's throwing up gang signs. <laughs> It's been a rough week for Carl. He's getting angry. He's uh, probably <laughs> yep. going to kill us. Um, no, I did want to uh, another baseball item, and then you said this was a serious item to you. There was a major league exhibition yep. game down in your semi-native Cuba, native Cuba, and um, big moment for I think for for Cuban nationals. I think I mean it hasn't happened since what the mid nineties. I think it was nineteen ninety nine was the last time the Baltimore Orioles went down there. Yeah, so it's been a while since they've done that. Obviously, a huge event for the native Cuba itself. Major League Baseball. I I tend to think that it's more of a cultural thing than it is a Major League Baseball thing. If, However, if they got the Miami Marlins to go down there for a regular season series, that, I think, would be see, super awesome. See, the but, problem is you say it's a big thing for cultural Cuba. Yeah. It is not. Really? It is a much bigger issue up here. Down there, Yeah, kids were not allowed to go. They have to be in school. Really? It was invite only to the 55,000-person stadium. All men, you watch the game, there was not a single woman in the ballpark. And they were all communist Cuban supporters. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the Tampa Bay Devil Rays guys, guy name right now, but 
he signed a like two day deal with him, one day deal with him, so he could play in that preseason game. Yeah. Cuban defector, yeah. let off. He got booed. Really, he got booed. It was a very very. I'm, and I I told you guys before we're gonna talk about this. I don't want to get too too much into the politics about it. Right. But my my overriding point with the whole thing, and I don't want to talk too too much politics. But the overriding point with me is actually the politics. And Dan Lebetard put it very correctly. And when he first came out with that, a lot of people thought he was going to get suspended because he challenged ESPN. You shouldn't be doing this. And he's Cuban. He's he's a Cuban exile. Pedro Gomez, Cuban exile. Tony Perez down there, Cuban exile. Now, they can all go down there and everything because they're on work visas or however they work that out. Yeah. But Lebetard flipped. He flipped. He lost it. And... He has a right to. And I was talking to Carl about it last night while I was hammered. And it's very, very... It's, the way Lebetard put it... And I know, you, Pally, you and I have been friends now for 10 years. And we always fuck around about stupid shit. And I tell you jokes and you tell me jokes about each other personally. Whatever. I know your penis size is not that big. And you call me communist Cuba. Depends if and you that's all fine. foot is that big or not. <laughs> but... The thing is, and what's very difficult for our generation to understand is Cuban relations isn't in the news every day like it was 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, we look at it. Kids always look at it. Oh, they're opening up the borders. We get to go on vacation. We get to get Cuban cigars, things that we never got to have. Right. Down there, they are not... It's not a nice place. It's not a nice place. The average Cuban income per month is 20 US dollars a month. Mm-hmm. A month. You can't go. The Rolling Stones are playing tomorrow. In Cuba. Invite only. Invite only. You know who the baseball commissioner of Cuba is? And he came up on ESPN interviewed him. You know who the baseball commissioner of Cuba is? Antonio Castro, the firstborn son of Fidel Castro. <laughs> and when they asked him, When do you see Cuba when do you see Cuban baseball players come to America? Can you work out a deal with Major League Baseball? They say, Yeah, we can work out a deal with Major League Baseball. I like our deal with the Japanese league. There are two Cubans playing right now in the Japanese league. One for around ten million. One for around five million. They get a ninety percent tax from the Cuban government that goes straight to the Cuban government to fund communism. It does not go to Cuban baseball. It yeah. goes to fund communism. And like I said, I'm not turning this into a political thing. And the last numbers I heard about three four months ago is Major League Baseball offered. Okay, well you get eighty percent of the money, which still is way too much to me. Right. Way too much. I, and regardless of what the numbers are, well, that equates to me as slave labor. That equates to me as slave labor. I now, I now own Pelly. Well, for, for a capitalist country to even think about proposing that is insane. And, and, and exactly, and that's that's what the big issue is with that's what Lebertar's issue was, Gomez's issue was with ESPN is they generate all this revenue money off of it, and they're like, you guys are making a profit off of communism. And what was I telling you last night, Carl? Carl, and then, oh, I got it now. Nothing against, I'm not saying ISIS is not as bad as Cuba. They're worse. And I'm not saying the Boston bomber is worse than Cuban relations or the Cuban government. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I am not trying to claim that. However, ISIS has a dictatorship regime. Mm-hmm. The Boston bomber acted on terrorism on his own, but... With with, yeah. with with a malintent. With a malintent. We go after them. Now, I understand that because this isn't our everyday news. And Cuba isn't. But you can, as a Cuban exile, and that's what Lebetard said, Cubans in America, we are not 
immigrants. And it's funny because, yeah, yeah, I know you give me the jokes. Both of you give me the jokes all the time. Uh, We are not immigrants. My mother is not an immigrant of this country. She is an exile. Her home is Cuba. She has not been home in 53 years. The second she can go home without a communist regime there, she will go home and she will not come back if that happens in her lifetime because Mm -hmm. that is her home. I would love to go home. I, I, I talked to my family about it. I have, my uncle says, you have never been home. You have never been home. Mm-hmm. And now, like I said, I'm a young kid here. And now I'm an adult. I can start making my own decision about it. But my mother didn't watch the game. My grandmother didn't watch the game. They don't want anything to do with Obama and Cuba. And not turn this, like I said, not turn this into a political thing. But don't, I just ask people who listen, don't look at the baseball game. Sports is a transcending thing. Don't look at the baseball thing as relations because our lives continued yesterday and today just like any other day. Mm-hmm. In Cuba, they had one day where they made the field look good and they had the pigeons fly and they had the hot girls out on the field doing the hula hoop. <laughs> the Yesterday, it was not that way. They're all back working in the sugarcane fields. They're all back working for the government working for nothing. The, when the Cuban baseball team comes here, and this is where I'm going to end it at, when the Cuban baseball team comes here for the World Baseball Classic, and this is talked about in the El Duque and Levon Hernandez, 30 for yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah. Brothers in exile. Brothers in exile. When they come here, when that team comes here, the entire team shares one toothbrush, one bar of soap. Really? One tube of toothpaste, and they all, out of hotel rooms, out of hotel rooms, and they ship it all back to their family because their family cannot does not have access to it. And arguably this one chip trip, either this year or next year, whenever it comes around, the Cuban baseball players come here, the bars of soap that they get out of the red roof in is a soap that their family uses for the next year. And it's very difficult for us to understand because, like I said, it doesn't affect us. And we talk politics, you and I. It doesn't matter whether we're very lucky in this country. It doesn't matter whether Hillary becomes president. It doesn't matter whether Trump becomes president. It doesn't matter mm. whether, whether whether Bernie becomes president. Because the fact of the matter is, as you can say, I hate Hillary. I hate Trump. I hate Bernie. Down there, you say, I hate the Castros. You don't wake up tomorrow. Yeah. You are no longer a thought. And like I said, just... Thank you for letting me have my opportunity on this. No, no, um, no, no. But, but, and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that we're trying to get the relations going. Just think about. I ask and I implore people to educate themselves on. Right. Don't let don't let one day of right. of, a, of a facade right make you think that there is right that's right the that all of a sudden right are. right right. No, exactly. I, I, I totally agree. And I just to add a quick moment on that because we do have one more thing we want to get to tonight. Um. Me as a, I I don't identify with any other country in the in the world except for America. I just don't. I mean, I my family's generations removed from any well, other my, country. Well, that well my dad's side from. is French Canadian. I don't consider myself French Canadian whatsoever. Right. My name is John Paul Ellis Schnard. You can't get any more French Canadian than that. But <laughs> but on the other hand, too, like I don't. So we 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 take we Cubans we take pride in being Cuban. Yes, but on the other hand, but too, you should. And you're, and you're only a generation. But like I said, that. but like I said, and it's very weird to think about. We're not. I'm not an immigrant here. I'm right. not an immigrant here. And yeah, like I said, I fuck around and I joke and I don't mind making the jokes. But I'm not an immigrant here. I'm in exile here, and it's a great that this country lets me come here and get away from my tyrant government, my family's tyrant government. Right. But now I come here for 
sanctuary, if you will. Right. And now you're going to go talk to them? Now you're going to go do this? And you're not going to put up with anywhere else on the world? No, 97.3 miles away is happening right there, and you want to turn the eye? That's just very difficult for the Cuban, for the Cuban community. Yeah. No, and I totally agree with that. My Jesus Christ. How's that vodka, man? How's that vodka tasting? <laughs> like orange. Um, my only warning to anyone who listens to this and takes any level of political... Uh, like I said, and thank you guys, too. I told you guys before no, the show, no, totally I, I don't mind fucking around with politics and telling you guys are assholes on politics. But on the other hand, too, and this is why I want to take it seriously, is because... We have the platform in this country and that's, where I can say, Pelly, you're a fucking dickhead for liking Hillary Clinton. Carl, you're a fucking dickhead for liking Donald Trump. That. But, but you know what I mean? I, we have that platform. We have that we ability. 97.3 miles away, that is not an option. Right. That is not an option. You do not wake up in the morning. You are either in prison or dead. That's the beauty of America, and I think that's what I, I hope if anyone listens to this and, and takes it into their perception of, of, of politics and how you should look at it. Like I said, I look at myself as American, American through and through Hillary. And fan. one of my, <laughs> one of my biggest things that I love about being American is the fact that we do have something called choice. Right. And they, they, right. they disguise the word choice as freedom. Right. Spin it however you want. Right. We do have that ability to choose. Well, what in Cuba, we want you have in choice. Democracy. In Cuba, you have choice. Yeah. You just better choose the Castros. Yeah. Die <laughs> or whatever we say. But in America, you do have <clears throat> that opportunity to create a choice of I like this or I like that or I like the other thing. You have multiple choices at any given time. And my only thing I would say to add to that is you have these two parties that are doing the best they possibly can to fracture that beauty. You have one that says, well, you should oh, not have a Bernie any... Rain, isn't it? There's no, going to no, be a Bernie no. Rain, well, you have it? one that says you should be able to do whatever you want, no reservation, i.e. the Donald Trumps of the world. On the other side, you have, well, you should have to give back, and you should have to give back in a, in a way that I fear is kind of starting to tread down the path, maybe not of a Castro regime. I mean, that would obviously... That would be... No, yeah, it's not dictatorship. It's not possibly right. put it yes. in that. But starting to give the power to a government that is going to take over your decision. It's right. going to take decision and choice right. and quote unquote freedom right. right out of your hands. Who's right? I can't really say, but you know what? If you can sit there and tell us how shitty for her Th- thing, thing lack of prof- better terms professional athletes professional professional poor. athletes poor down there are poor they have to mail bars of soap home think about that think about that oh now there's third world countries on the planet and everything just think about the fact that you are a pre- professional athlete which if you really want to go with professional athletes shouldn't make as much money as they make anyways whole different conversation yeah being american growing up in this society a professional athlete in my mind makes a hundred million dollars a year Soap is the last fucking thing on their mind for the rest of their life. And when these people come over, when these you're, Cubans you're, you're, you're come you're over, when Jonas Cespedes comes over, he bought 17 cars. He bought, well, because. He rode a horse. He, because, because, because when you, I'm not getting into it. Jonas Cespedes did all that because his first paycheck in Major League Baseball was probably more money than his entire family has made in the past 60 years combined. Probably more than the entire city that he made. Yes. No, no, seriously. Right now, right now, ser- seriously, the current income per person in 
average in Cuba is twenty dollars a month. Think about that. Unbelievable. Yep. No, so like, but- like I say, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that don't get off of the uh, movement here to open the borders or anything, but just think, please, D- just double think about what we're doing. You are directly. I look at it, and maybe I'm a little extreme because I'm on one end. I look at it as you're directly supporting communism. Maybe it's not that way anymore. Raul's minorly better than Fidel. <laughs> minorly, and I'm not saying that he's good, but just think about it. Think about it. Like you said, one day. One day doesn't change. You're not going to break up with your girlfriend one day because she was a raging bitch. And you're not going to stay with her because Fuck. one day... And you're not going to stay with her one day because she was awesome one day. Yeah. It's a whole shebang here. It's a whole... Big picture. Big picture. The big picture is you don't get... One day means nothing. All right. Very, Thank you very much for letting good. me talk about that, too. And like I said, seriously, I know Dan Levitard doesn't listen, but Dan Levitard inspired me to talk about it because I didn't want to talk about it. Good. I didn't want to talk about it. So good for him. Read, the, read that article. It's a very insightful article on the mindset of a Cuban exile because we are not immigrants, we are exiles. And thanks for talking about it. I think we're one of the few shows that are out there that do a podcast yep. that actually has someone that's able to talk about it. Yep. And, and, I'll, I'll, I'll and, even entertain things on Twitter to an extent. I'm not going to tell family stories or anything, but right. I will entertain it on Twitter if we need to. Tell college stories. Well, <laughs> Your segment's over, so we're going back to what we usually do, which is... <laughs> That's uh, why I'm in America. I got to go to college zero. for five years and not graduate. <laughs> Cuba would have been killed. <laughs> oh, you can't pass this class. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't have even been there for three days. But we have one more segment we want to get to. A couple of minutes. Real quick. I still don't know what this is. Off the Wagon presents this week's... Man. Man off the wagon. And it's all for me, Grog. Me jolly, jolly, Grog. It's all about me beer and tobacco. Well, I spent all my tin in a shanty drinking gin. And along the western plains, I must wander. This week's Man Off the Wagon I forgot about is this. actually, unfortunately... Unfortunately? Not part of the sporting landscape. Well... Oh, Carl with a little fact. I'm, now, now I'm really well, confused. Make the association. We can, we, can, we can go ahead and say that... Did this person die? Hold on. Before. Yes. yes. Now. But Was it Cryf? Oh, shut up. Yon. But he's a uh, Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And we can get into that a little Toronto more. Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Yeah. Can I take a leak and think about this for a second? Yes. If you want to. However, we are going to unveil it. Yeah. That you're gone. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, this this week was a very very interesting one. However, I think he epitomizes what we at Off the Wagon the mentality of Off the Wagon. Absolutely, in the truest form. If we uh, could Toronto have... Maple Leafs fan <laughs> and former mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford. If we could have a mascot, like if if I had the money to put together a suit to have a mascot, yeah. if we ever did live events, I think I would just make a Rob Ford mascot. Genius. And I think it would be great because Genius. I think then people would understand. Yes, and you know what? I, we say it in jest to a certain point, but I'll tell you what. Here's the one thing that I do respect about Rob Ford and his approach on everything. Yes, I, this I, guy, I, I was taking a leak. Now I know who it is, and this is awesome. Yes, this is awesome. <laughs> Here's the thing I respect. This is the Rob president Ford. of the man. I only pray to aspire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's getting there. He's working his way there. 
He's going to have to lose his money, though. This is a whole nother level. But the thing I love about Rob Ford, this is a guy who was openly using... crack addict? Crack, among other drugs, and had really no shame in doing it. And I'll tell you what. The reason I love that is almost the exact same reasons that we were talking about the whole entire issue with Cuba. This guy loves freedom. Yes. Yes. Loves freedom. So so much so that he will... He'll do anything. He'll do He'll anything die. he wants. He'll die. He'll well, die. Wait, he literally died. He died. With I was taking freedom. the piss. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, he passed away. So he drug overdose. <laughs> no, sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Heart, I shouldn't heart, laugh. heart attack it was, from the hard drug use. It was uh, no. He had a he had a tumor in his stomach. It was uh, I might be saying this wrong. Uh, Lipsocaricoma or something. That's fine. I can't, that's that's fine. Good. But it's, it's it sounds like half the soccer names we use on at off the pitch soccer talk. It's a tumor that was. It was a tumor that was in his stomach. Um, now I I agree partially with what Pelly is saying. Yeah, he 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 I, loved to do what he did. He did every time something got brought up. Now I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the facts because I got them right in front of me here. Give me the facts. So uh, 2010 is uh, mayoral campaign. A record of a 1990 of a 1999 arrest in Miami. Um, oh, weird. Got. <laughs> Got, got released of him driving under the influence, and he had possession of marijuana. Uh, in Miami? No. Yeah, right? We only um, grow tobacco in Cuba. You know, Ford pleaded no contest to the DUI while the marijuana charge was withdrawn. So Ford, he was just given a fine. Um, now, this was that was in the very beginning. This... The next one was when he was a city councilor. That's why we we bring him into it and we can connect him is because he was at a Toronto Maple Leafs game. Really intoxicated and belligerent. He began... Well, I'm visibly intoxicated and belligerent whenever I go to Toronto Maple Leafs game. He's just a regular hockey fan. Like, good for him. But he began to insult uh, you know, out of town. Uh, security guards... Were they African-American by any chance? I don't know. Oh. Security <laughs> guard brought it through the National Post, which I'm assuming is... In Canada, he initially denied having been. A- wasn't even at the game, <laughs> so someone's <laughs> someone's trying to do a real hatchet job. I'm he was assuming, on the Titantron. I'm assuming he was on the Titantron. I'm assuming the he was. Cam. I'm assuming he was still drunk. I came forward and admitted it. That's all I can do. I hey. mean, I'm not perfect. Rob Ford's a good man. Last one. This is another one. And for people from Boston, I would just assume he's twelve. <laughs> he was very intoxicated at City Hall. At her downtown restaurant. Already in his office. Ooh, wild. For him. Was Monica there? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> he knocked down a local restaurant. <laughs> according, uh, apparently, after quoting City Hall by cab, making racial was that the, Was that at the Off the Wagon Dance floor made, in Miami? <laughs> the same to the driver. That sounds like me coming home from wrestling. The mayor then wandered around City Hall with a bottle of brandy, swearing at a staffer. Uh, before security arranged him to be email from City Hall security guard described the incident um, was found through access to information of requests. Now, not only that, but the lo- Ford did, and I think this was in 2013. He admitted to almost everything. So he, he illegal uh, drug use, smoking crack, and admitted admitted to smoking crack. <laughs> this guy was big, but this is the other thing, and and I think Pelly would agree came together and 
demanded for his resignation. He said no. Well, he, did, after that. he didn't. He, he didn't. Did, no. He he ended up. He he got diagnosed with a cancerous tumor. And there is video, I think, if I remember correctly, of whatever the Canadian Congress is. The majority of the Canadian Parliament or didn't Congress he hit a ch- turning around and like, no, I don't think that was. Him. I don't know. I never heard that. No. At a council meeting in March two thousand, he beat a chicken court. And in March, mental people work like dogs. They work their hearts out. They are workers nonstop. Life. I went to South South Korea. I went to Taiwan. I went to Tokyo. The Oriental people. They're slowly taking over. That is a quote. See, my my thing with him is exactly. I'll let I'll let Pelly end it. But my thing with him, and I always I always lo- he seems like an average dude. He makes his own mistakes. No, in that position to him. When he says, hey, this is me. If you don't like it, don't vote for me. And they vote for him. So it's like, what? Good for him. He doesn't seem like a politician. He seems like a real down-to-earth. Seems. He seemed like a real down-to-earth guy. Should he been in charge of Toronto? Probably. <laughs> probably not. As much as I would like him being in charge of Del Boca Vista Studios, probably wouldn't work out well. But he Manziel pisses me off. Ford makes me happy. Like I'm, I'm not celebrating his death. Is like thank God he's. It's like no, we are a, we are a bond together. We are no, a bond no, together. No, he, he he epitomizes what the what we're all about. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Freedom. freedom, freedom, baby, freedom, baby. You want to be who you freedom want to be, and freedom and, go and do it. universal health care. I, I, <laughs> the thing that I, I I do applaud about him is I don't think he ever really hurt anyone no no i think you know well he, he hurt himself does that count <laughs> <laughs> you were so concerned for like point two seconds you're like yeah, he did hurt himself a little <laughs> no but he he went on went along his life kind of did his own thing and i think that was what people liked about him which is right. what got him to be a made him average it made him an average joe exactly and that, yeah. those are the people who are voting now the smoke average that crack man don't don't let the world tell you what what you can and can't do but now, rob rob ford we uh we appreciate you. Rest in we peace, do. my man. Rest in peace. Right up there, him. I bet you, him, and Johan Cruyff are up there smoking a joint right now. Right now, Netherlands. Right now, having a blast. Having a blast. Amsterdam. I'm doing my shameless OTP plug that I've started to do lately. OTP tonight. Johan Cruyff died today. Um, that's an off the wagon thing too. Um, number fourteen. He was the kit number of the week for us. We had a good kit number of the week this week. We're going to keep voting. You can vote at OTP Soccer Talk every week for the kit of the week. Um, then we did some EPL, Champions League. Next, we're going to do Europa League, probably a little more EPL. And, um, yeah. Now, Pelly's... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Carl, I know you give me this look, but Pelly's Liverpool team blew a 2-0 halftime lead. It was awesome. It was, and you can listen to Pelly talk and cry, cry about it in the last OTP episode. But Pelly, before we close out, I wanted to I wanted to bring something up. I know it wasn't on your rundown, but we did on on the fact of of uh, of or going off what Pelly or of what JP just said. We did lose another very influential person over the week. We did. We did. And now we don't talk music too often. We did talk. Uh, you know, we did. Who else died? Jesus Christ! They come in threes, apparently. You know, seriously. We did. We did talk David Bowie a little bit when that happened. Um, but Fife Dog from a tribe called Quest, and I'm a big hip hop fan. Pelly is a big classic hip hop fan. 
So I say I don't know. I'm lost now. Yeah, I'm lost th- now. Th- that's fine. <laughs> You've been lost. But I, I think a, I think a call out should be said in this episode. Uh, Fife Dog, part of the hip hop. Yes, uh, yesterday. 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 Yeah. yeah. I think it was. I think it was maybe Tuesday night. Okay. How much uh, Tribe Called Quest influenced you? But when I was in high school, I had like six CDs of a bunch of different you know classic hip-hop songs at that time i was listening Ooh, oh what? yeah of course they are <laughs> but you know i didn't know too much about you know classic hip-hops and a tribe called quest krs1 de la soul a tribe called um and from there i looked into yes, you can. <laughs> and from them i you know their midnight marauders album you know i'm not gonna sit there and say that they influenced i haven't said too much in in the idea of of uh Social media because when these to me, worship, I'm gonna worship their. Worship I'm gonna listen their, to them now tomorrow and all. Right. Honestly, I'm gonna be that guy to listen to a, a tribe called Quest. You know, it was is that a dude was, or is that a group? It's a group. It's, a group. it's, it's a group. it. I think everyone might have heard of Q-Tip. Who <laughs> oh, I have heard of Q-Tip. One of the most influent in music, Five Dog and Ali Shahid Muhammad, who's their other was. You know, just their MC and and a great one at that. And I think a lot of the times, get a chance. You, you gotta you gotta check out between any of their albums from influence that they they implemented a lot of jazz to their music, and it was very important. Carl does love his. I don't know if, great, don't know if you had stuff, hey, one more thing. I'm then I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette. He, but he got. I didn't play. No, no, he got he got the one thousand sports radio Twitter. Thank you for all the listeners. I'm going to decide to smoke a cigarette because this vodka is hitting me. Really yeah, Fife Dog, I mean, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. Huge fan of uh, A Tribe Called Quest. Great, great sound. Not that hardcore rap. No. Not that hardcore hip-hop. But that softer, not quite R&B either. Kind of sat in between all three. And I think uh, their sound, very they're considered, unique. They're considered to be like the influence of any sort of alternative hip hop. They were yeah. what, they were what critics they were one of the first groups to be considered alternative hip hop. Yeah. Oh, Rihanna? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um no, but they were uh no. certainly a great sound and definitely worth to listen to. But thank you everyone for listening in. You want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at OTW Sports Radio again a thousandth follower this uh, past week so thank you all for following in getting into the conversation and uh, to another thousand or ten thousand or million who knows Ayo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say. I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. Mm. Name is Fife Dog from the Zulu Nation. So you're in the jam that we can get down. Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town. You got BBD all on your bedroom wall. But I'm above the rim and this is how I bore. A gritty little something on the New York street. This is how I represent over this here beat. Talking about you. Yo, I took you out. Perceptions on my mind, pulled the whole damn route. My mind was in a frenzy in a horny state. But I couldn't drop down because you couldn't relate. You couldn't relate.